Have you ever thought about all the ways you could die? We have. Grab a drink that's good enough to die for. And let's get gruesome. Welcome to Drinks with Death. Hi, Erin. Hey, Lovin. How are you enjoying? Um, what is this? Are we in third summer right now? I think we might be. So I think we went from fake fall to second summer and then it felt like we had a little bit of another fall it was like real fall yeah because it was like real fall because it was like low humidity like humidity was in the 30s so low so nice and highs were like 70 72 but then today Mm -hmm. was hot and humid again so i think Mm -hmm. we are in third summer i think third summer Mm -hmm. yeah this is a doozy (laughs) how many are there going to be is my question i don't know i hope this is it (laughs) i really hope this is it i don't know how many more i can take no more summers. Although it does look like it's going to get cooler and get into back into fall just in time for Halloween. Oh, does it really? You've looked yes, ahead? Yes. I did look ahead. I okay, peaked. Okay, so we're going to have like, – oh, you peaked. That's uh-huh. awesome. I've been, I get meaning to peak, but I've been too busy. Um, but so did you – it's actually going to be cool enough to where we're not going to sweat while we're out trick-or-treating because that's always lovely. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I am genuinely incredibly happy to hear that, and I hope that forecast stays the same. Me too, because Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. And in fact, that is the subject for my episode tonight. All right. Woo-woo. Nice segue. Way to work that in there. I like how that Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, You ready to dive in and get loose? I am. I'm ready. Okay. Tell us what we're drinking. I have it here, and I want you to know I'm scared of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Halloween. You should be scared. Yeah, and that, that also plays into <laughs> Halloween. Perfect. <laughs> so tonight I'm doing Death by Halloween. And so, I mean, there are a ton of Halloween-themed cocktails out there. I'm sure. Let me tell I'm you. sure. Yes. So I'm going to be totally honest here. And I just Googled Halloween cocktail. So I came across this one. It's Halloween cocktail. And this is from a beautiful mess.com. So it is a blog. Um, it's a super, super cute cocktail. They make a stencil. They buy a spray. Um, it, this is, cocktail, it is really you, cute. They, they make a stencil. Like the picture that you sent me was a like a spider web stencil, mm-hmm, which looks yes. very intricate stencil to make. Very intricate. Um, yeah, very intricate. But anyway, so I just was like, Halloween cocktails. Like, well, we're not going to do the spray. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to do the, the spider web and the spray. Um, but this, but then I was looking and it says it's called a spider bite cocktail. So I'm not really sure oh. what we are um, drinking tonight, to be honest with you. What was the original name of the one that you sent me? Uh, well, Halloween. Oh, it just said Halloween, Halloween cocktail. cocktail. It says, to be fair, Halloween cocktail stencil DIY. Um, okay. but anyway, then then if you scroll down to look at the recipe, it says spider bite cocktail. So it is, it calls for one and a half ounces of dark rum, three quarters ounce of cream to cacao, three quarters ounce of lemon juice, and one egg white. Y'all see why I'm scared now? Yeah, right. <laughs> And the egg white is necessary because it creates a foam on top, 
which then they use to uh, spray their spider web on. So a little, just think a latte. So that's where you're getting your foam. So are you ready? I am. Yes. <laughs> I saw I, that. I, I saw I th- saw you pick it up and look at it, and that was not a pretty no, face. You know why? Because is it as separating? We, yes, as we as it's been sitting here, it's actually been separating. So now I have you no didn't shake yours hard enough. Which layer? Well, I made it like. It's been a hot while since I made it. Now. <laughs> you know how long. Um, all right. Well, all you, right. I know uh, you have a backup because it's. I always have a backup. But <laughs> because you I'll just give it a little stir, and then you do need to give it a stir. Mine is not. It separated. hasn't separated. Okay, I gave but. mine a stir. I'm ready. Cheers. Right, you ready? Cheers. Yes. Clink, clink. Oof. Mm. No, that is not. What is that? That is not good. That creme de cacao is just... That's not the problem. I think the problem is the lemon juice. I think that... I can't taste the lemon juice, thankfully. I think that citrusy lemon was not a good mix with the creme de cacao and the rum and the egg white. This is a hard pass for me. Hard no. Yeah. Mm, Sorry. Okay, well, we we win some, we lose some. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Sorry, this recipe was a little bit of a fail. But do not okay. try the spider bite. That's right. We still have scary stories. So yes, I'm. Ex- I'm. I'm actually far more excited about the scary stories. Excellent. All right, you ready to get gruesome? Hundred <laughs> percent ready. Okay, fantastic. Um, so, uh, like I said, I'm doing Death by Halloween, and this is going to be a little different. Okay. Uh, than our typical episode because. It's really hard to do death by Halloween. De- Halloween doesn't kill you. Now, mm-hmm. I have Googled it because, like I said, I love Halloween. And so I thought, how can I incorporate this? Now, there are there is a rise in death on Halloween, but that is because it's pedestrian-related deaths. And you can imagine what the outcome of that is. And so we've already talked about how we don't like to talk about children. So I'm just not even going to go there. So. Oh, uh, what I decided to do was I talk about. Hear you now. You got it. Yeah. You, you feeling me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, but we are going to talk about deaths that happened on Halloween. So okay. maybe it should be death on Halloween. There you go. Okay. I like it. Yes. So, which I always think Halloween's funny because we tell our children um, not to take food or candy from strangers. And then on... <laughs> we have a whole holiday where that's all we do. October 31st, <laughs> it's like, okay, go to that person's house. Yep, yeah, ring the doorbell. Okay, yeah, take the candy from them. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> um, so, I thought I'd do a little quick history. Um, you know, 1,200 years ago, Christians were celebrating All Saints Day. On November 1st, and that's honoring loved ones that have died. And Mm -hmm. in Old English, it was referred to as All Hallows. And then you have All All Hallows Hallows Eve. Eve. Yes, I remember that Halloween. So different countries, different cultures around the world honor the dead this time of year. Ancient Romans would leave gifts for those who had passed on their graves, which is very similar to... um, in those in Mexico who celebrate uh, Dia de los Muertos okay. or the Day of the Dead. Uh huh. And then I just thought this was a fun little tidbit. The Celtic origins of Halloween, known as Samhain, also included gifts for the dead. 
and out of superstitious concern that the spirits or ghosts of the dead could enter the space of the living on Halloween night and perhaps even take the living with them, they would wear costumes to disguise themselves from ghosts and they burned bonfires to ward off bad spirits. And sometimes small bowls of food were placed outside the homes, which uh, were thought to appease the ghosts. So this might be the origins of trick-or-treating. That sounds more relevant or more uh, connected than yeah that's right sounds, yeah that's pretty cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anyway i thought that Celtic. was kind of a fun yeah. little story yeah hmm. never heard that one <laughs> so here's my first story and i'm gonna completely contradict myself because i know we said we don't talk about children dying but this is my only story and this was back in 1974 i mean we are here to get gruesome so i do feel like talking about some children dying as part of what we're we're gonna have to do it it's just, <laughs> right? it is it does happen we don't like to go into it i think everyone is traumatized from death by balloon <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to relive that we're not gonna it's not gonna be like that oh my gosh <laughs> but it is halloween so yes unfortunately there is a story about a child okay so, this was in 1974 in houston texas eight-year-old timothy o'brien returned home after a night of trick-or-treating His father, Ronald, gave him one last piece of candy, which was a pixie stick. He ate it before he went to bed, but he immediately started vomiting. Unfortunately, uh, little Timothy died on his way to the hospital. The cause of death? Well, apparently, Ronald O'Brien had put cyanide in the pixie (gasps) stick, poisoning his son. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I totally thought you were going to say that he had gotten a poisoned pixie stick from a neighbor that he had... Because remember growing up, our parents would always say, like, there can be razor blades in the apples. Sure, yes. I mean, crazy, weird, wild stuff like that. So this story is, you know, thought to be one of the reasons why parents were so paranoid thinking that Halloween candy is poison. Wait, what year did you say this was? 1974. Whoa! Yeah. What? So he actually gave, he passed out. So this is what's crazy. He actually passed out a few other pixie sticks <gasps> to other neighboring kids, and to including his other kids, just so it looked like it was random. But they were able, so those kids didn't eat the, can, the pixie stick, thank Whoa. God. So they were able to intercept that. But um, Mr. O'Brien had taken out a life insurance uh, a life insurance policy on his children. On his kids? Uh-huh. Uh, because he was in debt. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was given the death penalty. That is depraved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it is depraved. depraved. It's disgusting. I mean, that is absolutely disgusting. So anyway, um, yeah, so he was given the death penalty. So he got his comeuppance. Uh, but yes, that is one story that led to the phenom of parents freaking out that their children's Halloween candy had been I poisoned. I did not know there was a story, but that mm-hmm. makes so much sense. The timing of it makes sense. Like, that's, that is incredible. Yeah. So this story um, is actually not about death, but I just was kind of crazy okay. talking about like things people passed out. So in 1964, there was a disgruntled Long Island, New York woman who gave out packages of inedible objects to children who she believed were too old to be trick or treating. So she passed out um, steel wool, dog biscuits and ant buttons, which were I guess little poison traps, and they were clearly labeled with the word poison. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Did so, she? Did she just like the steel wool? Did she disguise it as a food? No, or? I think she just is like, this is what you get. You're too old to be trick or treating. So oh gosh, just- pe- people really do get upset about that. Like, yes, yeah. really upset about the teenager that isn't dressed up or isn't. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a. It's kind I know, of a hot it's a button thing. for some people. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's take nobody- it to the next level. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody was injured, but she was prosecuted and pleaded guilty to endangering children. Okay. Good good for them. <laughs> um so this is a crazy uh murder that happened in Napa. So th- in 2004, friends Leslie Mazzara, Adrian uh Insagna, and Lauren Mianza went to bed around 11 p.m. in their Napa Valley or excuse me, Napa, California home after they passed out Halloween to trick-or-treaters, Halloween candy to trick-or-treaters. So Lauren Mianza was apparently sleeping downstairs and she woke up in the night to screaming. So she heard someone running through the house um, and she escaped outside and she hid until she thought it was clear. Then she went back inside the house. She went upstairs and she found that her roommates had been stabbed. What? Now, one of the roommates is actually still alive, and she went to the phone uh, to call 911, but realized the phone line had been cut. Oh. So then she went to her cell phone, and she called for help. Um, this was one part of the story, which I thought was kind of crazy, is she, even though she had heard, she thought she'd heard him leave, she was f- very freaked out that there was still someone in the house. So she left. She called, so her friends, one was, di- one was dead, and the other one was dying, and she called 911, but she left the house. I think I've, I, I feel like I've actually heard that as a pretty common there, response. We, it's like when you feel like mm, someone could be there, you're so freaked out, and you're well, so I can't even that, imagine. I can't right? either, no. I can't imagine that situation, so there, I'm not, there is no judgment here. I just thought it was an interesting, interesting I mean, that yeah. fight or that flight fight or response. Flight, that's exactly mm-hmm. it, yeah. Um, so anyway, unfortunately, the other woman did not make it. She succumbed to her injuries. And it went unsolved for a long time. And then they finally arrested a man named Eric Koppel. And he uh, admitted to murdering the women. And the speculation is that one of those women was friends with his fiancee. And he had feared that this relationship was causing, um, issues within their own relationship their own relationship Hmm. because they were supposed to get married and then it got pushed back and i believe that there is a forensic files episode on this murder yeah if you're interested in hearing more about it it sounds familiar now did they ever suspect the girl who called 911 as being potentially um the perpetrator of the crime they never did they did not no so it was very obvious to them i mean right yes yeah. So anyway, so it's a little disturbing. Uh, so here we have in 2011, 18-year-old Taylor Von Diest was on her way to a Halloween party dressed as a zombie when she texted her friend to say that she was being creeped on. She never came home. Ooh. She was later found alive but badly beaten near the train tracks and oh. later died from her injuries just before they were able to identify her attacker. So her killer was a a man named Matthew Forrester, and he had followed her um, because he was going to sexually assault her, Mm. but she fought back. And so he panicked, and in his panic, he ended up attacking her, and then he left her for dead. 
Wait, so you're saying that he didn't, he sexually assaulted her. He wasn't ever intending to. His attempt was to sexually assault her, but she fought back. And then I think he was stunned that he, she fought back. And, and so he, he ended just up ended up attacking. Her? Yeah, I think he just ended up beating her. Disturbing. I know. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> no. I wish we could describe the look on your face. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking you're going to sexually assault someone and you don't expect them to fight back. You don't expect right. them to have any sort of, you know. Yes. Reaction to that. I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. Um, so this next story is a little crazy, a little disturbing. Um, okay. I'm ready. Uh, appar- <laughs> the apparent suicide of a woman found hanged in a tree was ignored for hours because neighbors thought she was a Halloween decoration. <gasps> the 42-year-old well, woman. true. That's true. That's true. The 42-year-old woman's body was suspended 15 feet from the ground at the side of a busy road in Frederica, Delaware. What? Locals noticed the body early on Wednesday but dismissed it as a Halloween prank. The mayor, William Glandon's wife, uh, told a local paper they thought it was a Halloween decoration. It looked like something somebody would have rigged up. How messed up is that? Wow. That is shocking. I know. Yeah, that one is a little little spooky. I mean, that's like what horror movies are made of, right? So, yeah, they were just looking at this dead body hanging from this tree, and they didn't know it for days, weeks? I mean, how long was it there? No, just hours. Oh, not, hours. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it didn't go on too long, luckily. Thank goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, this next story I found just a little sad. I mean, very sad, of course. But in 1992, a Japanese exchange student... Yoshihiro Hattori headed to a Halloween party in New Orleans. He was unfamiliar with the area and Hattori had trouble finding the house. When he thought he had found the house, he knocked. No one answered, so he started to walk back to his car. Suddenly, the door to the house opened and Hattori said, We're here for the party. The man in the doorway shot Hattori dead with his revolver. (gasps) Apparently, he had the wrong address. The homeowner claimed he was scared and thought that the student was trespassing with criminal intent. The homeowner was Rodney Pierce, and he invoked the Castle Doctrine, which claims a homeowner has the right to defend their home, even by lethal means. Yes, deadly. And he was found not guilty of manslaughter. But all the guy did was ring the doorbell, right? He didn't I try know. to come he in the house. He was walking away, too. He was walking away that to his to, car. That, to me, does not qualify under the Castle uh, the castle Doctrine, but... I right. Mean, I that's know. crazy. That is, but it's Louisiana, so... I mean, there are... Um, yeah, there are definitely a lot of states who um, mm-hmm. really, really support the homeowner's right to mm-hmm. any sort of force that they need to exert... <laughs> To yeah. get someone off your property. It's your property. So even this though it wasn't is, in the house, it was on his property, right? Right. So Yeah, exactly. And wow. this is this is what was so sad. So Hattori's father told uh, Japan Today in 2012, sometimes I feel like he's still in America. Someday he'll come back home, I say to myself. <sighs> oh, oh. Isn't that heartbreaking? Oh, it's awful. Oh, my gosh. That. Ugh. I know. Awful. So let's go back in time to the 50s in Los Angeles. Peter and Betty Fabiano 
went to sleep Halloween night in 1957 after passing out candy to trick-or-treaters. But the doorbell rang after they'd gone to bed. So Peter got out of bed and he brought the candy to the door, thinking they were trick-or-treaters. Except on the door, on the doorstep was a woman and she was wearing a mask. She raised her hand, which was encased in a paper bag, and she shot him in the chest. And he died instantly. Oh. So according to the LA Times, the police arrested a woman named Joan Rabel, who apparently was having a sexual relationship with Peter's wife, Betty. Whoa, wait a minute. I thought for sure you were going to say it was he was she was having an affair with Peter. Right. Yeah. So that was a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in so the 50s. I know. So it's believed that Rabel talked a woman named Goldine Pizer into murdering Peter. And Rabel was convicted of second degree murder along with Pizer. Oh, um, so it was Pizer were... at the door. Right. Yes. But this woman, Joan okay. R- Rabel, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, she was the one having the sexual relationship with Betty, his wife. And then she hired Goldine Pizer to murder Peter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then they were both convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to five years to life in prison. Uh, but Wait, it so says, did, did Betty know anything about this plan? Was she ever – was she, she part was of this never, She never She implicated? was never tried for any connection in her husband's death. So whether she did or not, she was never mm-hmm. tried or convicted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. either she was <laughs> – covered her tracks really well so or she – Right, or was not aware of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this is another sort of sad one. Um, But this is uh, why you should never do pranks in general, especially on Halloween. So don't throw eggs on Halloween. In 1998, this little prank turned deadly. 21-year-old Carl Jackson and his girlfriend, both from the Bronx, went to pick pick up her son from a party when teenagers threw eggs at their car. Jackson got out of the car to yell at the pranksters to stop. In response, one of the teenagers pulled out a gun and shot Jackson in the head. And he died instantly. Oh. Oh, my. That's a little, yes. It's a little bit of an overreaction to throwing eggs at somebody's car. Yeah. Who then yells at you to stop? Yes. Uh, So. Is it possible they didn't know it was eggs? That it was dark and they couldn't tell what was happening to them i mean i don't understand why someone would pull out a gun and shoot somebody for an egg no but, no uh, so carl jackson was in the car and teenagers were egging his car and he told the people to stop he just said stop throwing eggs at my car and then oh. the guy throwing the eggs shot him in the head oh whoa i had that totally backwards yes so yeah, he all he did was stop throwing eggs at my car, and they shot him in the head. Whoa. So a 17-year-old named Curtis Sterling was charged and convicted with second-degree murder and criminal possession of a weapon, and he is serving 20 years. And according to New York Times, uh, the 17-year-old, well, he's not 17 anymore, but the uh, convicted Sterling receives a card in the mail every Halloween that reads, I'm glad you're still there. From Jackson's mother. What? I know. Oh, man. I know. <sighs> so, I know. These are kind of heavy, aren't they? Uh, I mean, I... Uh, 
Some are a little heavier than others. Um, so this one, this is not fun because we both have teenagers in our house, but I, uh, I labeled this one, teenagers are the worst. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> in 2010, 16 year old Devin Griffin came home on Halloween to play video games after attending church and having had spent the night, um, the previous night at a friend's house. So when he got home, he noticed the house was quiet. So he went to check things out, check on his family. Okay. Um, and upon looking at things, he unfortunately found his stepfather covered in blood. Um, he called the police. And when the police arrived, they also found uh, his mother and brother. So they had all three of them had been murdered. So the police eventually arrested Griffin's stepbrother, William Liskey. Oh, Apparently, man. Liskey beat his older stepbrother, Derek Griffin, with a hammer, shot his oh. father, William Liskey, five times, and then sexually assaulted and shot no. his stepmother, Susan Liskey. You know, isn't that terrible? Why the sexual assault? Why? Oh. I don't know. He was clearly a very troubled, very troubled disturbed. person. Very disturbed. So he pleaded guilty to three counts of aggravated murder to avoid the death penalty, but he was found dead in his jail cell in 2015 from self-inflicted wounds. How long after the conviction was that? Mm, or the, the murders? So five, five years. I mean, he the, the murders happened in 2010, and then this, they found him in 2015. So. Wow. Oh, no. my gosh. Yeah. All of these on Halloween, like, Yep, all of these happen on Halloween. So, um, in 1981, photographer Ronald Sisman and Smith College student Elizabeth Platzman were beaten in their Manhattan apartment on Halloween night before they were shot dead. So, their apartment was completely ransacked, but nothing seemed to be missing. So and the case remains unsolved still. Wow, today. so they were beaten yeah. and then shot? Yeah, I mean, that's like a Law & Order episode right there. Except they didn't solve There's it, I guess. But yeah. Something more to that, yeah, right? Yeah, something's definitely, something's definitely going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, this one is super disturbing. In 2012, 24-year-old Rebecca Gay was strangled to death by her mother's fiancé on Halloween. Whoa. So the fiancé was John White. And he was a pastor of a small church in Michigan, and he also had two prior convic convictions for violent assault against women. Yay. <laughs> Good pick. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, Rebecca Gay had a three-year-old son, and he was, unfortunately, he was also home during the murder. <sighs> After uh, John White hit her on the head and strangled her with a zip tie... He stripped her body and dumped it in the woods. He then went home, dressed her son for Halloween, and dropped him off at his dad's place. Whoa. Yes. He then told police after he was arrested that he was motivated to kill her because he wanted to have sex with a corpse. Stop. Mm-hmm. But it was never... He never indicated if he actually went through with it. So it was never verified that yeah, he actually so no, did that. Yeah, so no one knows if he actually went through with that final act. But he killed uh -huh. her with – that was his goal. That was his the purpose of killing her. I, yeah. Just, what was the reason oh. to kill her? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
can you imagine how her mother, I mean, I would hope that, I mean, not that I want her to feel bad, but just like, oh, you brought this man into your life. And <laughs> so after sexually assaulting women or violently assaulting women and then, oh gosh, how awful. I mean, it's possible she didn't know about those things, but. Maybe. It's right. Yeah. Or it could have. Yeah. She could. Anyway. Oh, and it's just it's horrible awful. anyways. Because. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah you, there's no way to make that okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is my last story. And this is probably the most famous murder that I had no idea happened on Halloween. So. Maybe when I say the names, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm terrible at this stuff. I'm terrible with names, but go ahead. You'll get it eventually. I might have to just Just shake your head a little bit. (laughs) I'm nervous. (laughs) So the morning of Halloween in 1975, Martha Moxley was found dead in the backyard of a neighbor's house in the high-end area of Greenwich, Connecticut. I know this story. Now, I don't remember all the details of it, but Mm -hmm. I definitely – it was a very well-to-do area, right? Yes, very well-to-do area and a very high, uh, very well-to-do family. Yes, yes. Yeah, so she was was actually stabbed and beaten to death with a golf club. Yes, and wasn't she found? Hashtag death by golf course. I know. Well, it wasn't on a golf course. It wasn't, but go back and listen to golf course and, you know, because I guess he beat her and then the golf club broke and then yes. he stabbed her with it. So, yes, that you is. You cover that and how that happens True. and how that's... that can be very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. And wasn't she found? So she was found, found in the backyard. By a tree or something. Wasn't yes, she found, found by, by a, tree? a tree? Yeah. Yes. And she was actually found with her. Um, her pants and underwear down, mm-hmm. pulled down, but, but there, was there was no, no signs indication of sexual assault. Of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember that too. So she had been out with Thomas Skakel, mm-hmm. who was the older brother of Michael Skakel. And both of them were considered suspects. There are actually several people who are considered suspects uh, throughout this investigation, but they never they never ha- they never arrested anybody. And um, it wasn't until um, twenty five years later that they finally arrested Michael Skakel, who is the nephew of Robert. F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he was convicted of the crime and he was sentenced to 20 years in life, but he maintained his innocence and eventually the Connecticut Supreme Court vacated his conviction. Oh, I did not yeah. know that little tidbit at the end. Yeah. So how do you know how long he was in prison or what year that he they actually released him? Because it took him. I know it took him a very long time. You said, right, 20, 25 years, something like that to. On October 23rd, 2013, Skakel was granted a new trial by Connecticut judge. And after that, he was released on a $1.2 million bond. And in December of 2016, the Supreme Court then reinstated his murder conviction oh, with a 4-3 majority decision. And then in 2018... Um, the pr- prosecutors asked Supreme Court to revoke his bail and return him to prison. Um, and then, uh, in May of that year, the su- Connecticut Supreme Court vacated Skakel's conviction and ordered a new trial. 
And the court ruled that Sherman had, um, who was one of his uh, uh, lawyers, uh-huh. had re- was rendered uh, ineffective assistance, uh-huh. um, and he had failed to contact an alibi, blah, 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 and that he was deprived of fair trial. So state prosecutors in Stanford had the power to call for a new trial uh, against Skakel. And in October of 2020, Chief State's Attorney Richard Colangelo hope I'm saying that right, informed the Superior Court that Skakel would not be retried. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so this was like, I mean... Very recent. Very recent. There's a lot of back and forth here. A lot. All, yeah. All thanks to Wikipedia. Thanks, Wikipedia. We love you. We do love you. Um, um, so that is just... That's that, very I mean, interesting. That was, I, and I'm with you. I had no idea, none, zero idea that happened on Halloween. And I've, right? I feel like I've, re- I've watched many different... Um, sort of a crime outlets cover that that story of Martha Moxley, and I've never never heard that it was on Halloween that I can recall at least. So very interesting, yeah. yeah. There's so many books, and I'm sure there's a lot of TV series on it, but it is just it's a really crazy, crazy story, and just it's just the the whole situation, and and just sort of who was a suspect. Uh, you know, back in 1975 and then how they came about arresting Michael Skakel. It's just... Yeah, it really is an interesting story, for sure. soap opera. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is, yeah. And, ju- and just this sort of drama of it being this affluent family that... Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. So that's all. That's, that's all I have for Death by Halloween. And uh, that... That's it. But well, my thanks, stories, I, yeah, absolutely. So my stories uh, are provided by insider.com, bustle.com, fizz.org. Uh, I'm sorry, fizz.org, excuse me. And our drink was brought uh, to us by a beautiful mess.com. Nice. And unfortunately, we did not care for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> the design on top was pretty, but the drink underneath it, not it was so very good. pretty. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you. Thank you. Happy Halloween. Everybody be safe. Make sure your kids are well lit, have reflectors on, be very careful crossing the street. And maybe no That's pixie sticks. Say. Maybe no pixie sticks. Although, <laughs> my kids eat them like they're crack. So. I know. Do you inspect your kids' candy before they eat it? I do not do that. I'm starting um, to think maybe I should after this, but... If inspect, you mean go through and take out what I want to yeah. eat, then 100% <laughs> absolutely yes, inspect that I, it. that I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, now that they're older, they, like, try to hide it. When they were little and they go to bed, I just sit on sit the couch at- with their bag and just go through everything. Exactly. And now they're like, I'm missing three Milky Ways and two Snickers. Who ate them? (laughs) (laughs) They have like a running inventory of their candy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we love y'all. Stay safe. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Don't forget to follow us on the social meds, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Drinks With Death Podcast. Drop us a line, drinkswithdeathpodcast at gmail. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, please follow us, rate and review on your favorite streaming platform. Yay. All right. All right stay bye. safe. Happy Halloween. Bye.